What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Fourth and John with another segment of Talk the Prospect. Today, we get the honor to speak with Cincinnati defensive tackle Elijah Ponder. Elijah, thank you for coming on the show. How's everything going for you? Everything going good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how's everything going with draft prep? Everything, you know, going according to plan? Yes, yeah, sir. Everything is going, going great, man. You know, just adjusting to the new environment and doing what I got to do to get where I'm trying to be. So, you know, yeah, it's but it's great. Absolutely. Are, are you prepping back at the university, you prepping back in Georgia or where's oh, no, your prep? I'm currently in South Florida in Deerfield Beach. Um, yeah, so I'm at I'm at a facility out here training, getting ready for the you know NFL pro day. So just getting ready. Absolutely. How's uh how's training going for you? Everything going well? Yeah, everything going smooth. Good, good. Uh, so we'll dive right into questions here. Uh, first and foremost, you know, we'll take you back to your, your recruiting days. Uh, throughout your recruiting prospects, you turned down offers from the Naval Academy, you know, the Air Force Academy, Ohio U. Uh, among others, to attend uh, U- the University of Cincinnati. Walk us through your recruiting process and why you chose UC. Yeah, so my, uh, my recruiting process was pretty unique. Um, uh, I was recruited by a guy named Kenny Ingram. Um, he came during – we had spring we had spring football in Georgia, so, you know. But, yeah, so during that time he came, you know, introduced himself and, you know, conversated with me. And, you know, I was interested. Um and basically, you know, I took a visit, you know, around January, took my official visit around January. And I kind of, you know, just I liked what he believed in. You know, he was kind of like spiritual in a way or he kind of, you know, just, you know, um, basically started anything with faith before we did anything else. So, you know, that it was in relationship, you know, so throughout that time, it kind of was the relationship me and him built. So, you know, that's why I ended up really choosing Cincinnati. And, you know, honestly, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know. Uh, what Cincinnati was at the moment, but you know, it ended up being a great place. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, you know, I'm I'm active duty Air Force, so I kind of, you know, you, you slighted us a little bit by taking Cincinnati over the Air Force Academy there. Yeah, man. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um, going a little bit further into it, you know, entering your college career, twenty four seven sports had you rated as a two star recruit out of the state of Georgia. You know, how did you? overcome the obstacles of not being such a highly touted recruit and turn into a first team all AAC player in front of us. Yeah, so I mean, you know, at the moment I, I'm not I don't think I don't I'm not sure how I might have took it at at that time back then, but you know, just you know, going through that and just going through the things that I, you know, ventured while I was at Cincinnati, you know, it just taught me to be or gave me the certain mindset and mentality that I had. So you know, just dealing, you know, not just being given things and having to work for everything that I was doing. Um, and, you know, in my career, it just, it built the character and, you know, just something about me in the way I thought, you know, to, you know, make me the player that I am. So, you know, I really actually appreciated things, that, you know, that I had to go through throughout my period of time of high school and college. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it, not having those extra stars just makes you work that much harder. And obviously, you know, with first team all AAC honors, you put the the work and the effort in to be, you know, one of the players that are going to be drafted. Yeah. Um, as a freshman, whenever you were with the Bearcats, um, they 
finish with a four and eight record. You know, from there on out, your squad finished 30 and five over your final seasons. Where did that culture change really begin and what impact do you think that you had on that culture change? Yeah, so um, when I first got to Cincinnati, the, the staff got fired. <laughs> so I had to deal with that whole switching. And, you know, we got Coach Fickle. He had, they came down from Ohio State, and I was only a freshman. So um, just dealing with that, you know, basically it, it was just, you know, they came and just taught us how to, you know, the, the proper culture and how to win, basically, you know, as in practicing, as in attitude and everything that you had to be to be, you know, in order to be a guy that would play for them. So, you know, just the things and, and, and you know, how the things that we went through and how we was held and what standards that we were held to, that's pretty much um, what changed the culture there. Yeah, I mean, it's – you can say something about a culture shift, but whenever a culture shifts that drastically going from a 4-8 and eight team to not losing eight games over the final three seasons of your career, you really – bring it home with, you know, how drastic the change was with the coaching staff. Yes, sir. Um, in addition to your work on the field, uh, you're just disciplined off of it. You know, recently you earned your bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies and finished as a first team, all AAC academic. Uh, how do you balance your work on and off the field? Um, I balance it pretty much. You know, we had a good um, support staff at, at Cincinnati, the, the people who, helped us with our education, you know, just kept us, you know, on the, you know, very balanced and just helped make sure that we, you know, were able to take care of our work and, you know, just in the order that we were supposed to do it in. So it really, it really was them, you know, and, you know, just having the discipline, you know, like I said, going through things that I went through, you know, you know, it just taught me, you know, the right, the right way to move. And I already knew that even though I played football, I had to leave with my education or with a degree. So, having that back in my mindset as well is what led me to do, you know, take care of the things that I had to take care of. Yeah. I mean, it speaks to your discipline. Um, the discipline it takes to maintain, you know, let alone a, a 3.0 GPA instead of having these honors in your entire conferences. It's insane to me. I, I can't even begin to relate. You know, I work and I went to school full time, so I can't even begin to understand what it was to have a full practice schedule, have a full workout schedule, and then have, you know, being a full time student on your plate as well. Yeah. Uh, over your four years in Cincinnati, I'm sure you developed some solid relationships with guys off the field as well. What teammate drove you the hardest to be the better you that you are today, and how did they impact you? Yeah, so, um, it was two. It was a guy named Marquise Copeland. Um, he was, you know, Cortez Brown and Marquise Copeland were the two uh, D linemen that was there in front of me throughout my period of time there. And there was a couple guys named Alec Pace, and you know that was that was there when I first got there as well. But they graduated my first year. But Marquise Copeland and Cortez Brown was there all the way up until my redshirt sophomore year. So I was a junior by then. But um, they they were pretty much the guys who you know. Or, what that I looked up to or, you know, just, you know, try to take after their game in any way that I could or, you know, and them, them guys was pretty much the ones for real, man. You know, Marquise Copeland, he just, you know, he worked hard and, you know, and Cortez, but, you know, they just, the standard that they left and, you know, they were, they were there to where the culture changed as well. So, you know, they just showed the way and just showed what it took to be where, where you wanted to be. So that's pretty much where I got it from. Yeah, and you're talking about two all or first team all AAC guys as well. 
So not just off the field, you know, you're taking over for two of the leaders of that defensive front and you filled in with first team all AAC honors yourself. Yeah. Uh, after winning the AAC championship, your Bearcats were selected to play Georgia in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh, with the craziness of COVID and all of the things that were 2020 and being a part of that New Year's Six program, how crazy was the preparation for you guys and how crazy was the media environment for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was a hostile environment, you know, just dealing with COVID, you know, we had to we are Coach Fick and you know, we already knew that it was a season of sacrifice. So um, you know, just the the way we had to move about every situation, you know, we just tried to be as smart as we could, you know. Um, we didn't go out to Georgia to I believe two days before the game. So it really wasn't too much you could just, you know, to just go out and go do, you know, you know, just trying to keep us a bubble within the team, make sure, you know, that don't any any don't anybody like test up positive the day of the game and, you know, cause anything in that nature. But um, that's pretty much how we handled that. And as in for the media, um, the media was, it was big. It was different. You know, we had a couple interviews before we, before we headed out of Cincinnati and um, it was, it was just all the, you know, a good experience, you know, and all. So, you know, I was very appreciative of everything that took place. Yeah. And certainly, you know, uh, being that you're a Georgia guy, you dealt with the craziness of the prep and the media, but you got the opportunity to finish your college career back in where it all started. So what was that opportunity really like for you? Man, it, it was honestly a blessing, man. Um, throughout my period, you know, it, it was just, it felt good to have my family come to a game because they didn't have that many opportunities to come to my games while, you know, throughout my time in Cincinnati. So, um, just being able to have my family come there, it just meant a lot, you know. And then it was also kind of cool to, like, you know, Georgia probably is a team that everybody want to go to when you're from Georgia. So, like, just knowing that, you know, they had to scout you or, like, you know, watch your film, you know, it just it just meant a lot. So it, it, was, a, it was a great experience. And it was really something that's – it was just something that's kind of hard to even explain, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get to go back to your home state, play in the new stadium for the Falcons, you know, get to play in front of all your fans, everybody that watched you growing up. So, I mean, there, as far as a, a story of college football goes, I'm, I'm not sure there's one that's much better than yours rather than getting a win in that game. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're from the South. One of the best games that you had of your career came against some of the best competition that you had in UCF. Uh, you finished the game with six tackles and two sacks. Um, is good competition something that motivates you, or was it just a like a scheme versus scheme uh, game plan for you? Yeah, um, I look at every game the same. You know, um, I pretty you know I don't you know that's just how like I said that's just kind of the culture. I would say. I mean, of course, we knew uh, UCF was you know the opponents like, you know, them, that was the team that took us out the year before. So we had a, you know, we, you know, we had to go, you know, and take what we wanted, you know, take what we, what we earned. So, I mean, of course, you know, that was, you know, brought up and said through the whole, pre you know, through all the preparation, but I didn't, I didn't, I don't look at any team any differently, you know, so it wasn't necessarily the competition and, you know, the coaches put us, the coaches and the team put us in the best, you know, positions to, you know, to be successful. So that's why we came out with the win, and, you know, or necessarily having, you know, success on the field. Yeah. Was it 
once that first snap hit, you know, was it a little more adrenaline driving you, uh, being that they are the guys who took you out the year prior, though? Um, well, you know, you'd be a little nervous sometimes, but after that first snap, you know, that, that go out the door anyway, so it wasn't really, you know, you, you know, you got, it's just, you know, it's just how you, you know, carry yourself. I'm just that type of person, like, you know. Once that once that first snap out, you know, I'm locked in. Like, I was locked in from the first snap, but, you know, the nervousness go away. So, you know. Bell rings and it's go time. For sure. Yeah. All right. So, you know, that's all the questions we have for you, but we'll go into a little bit of film review. And I actually really enjoyed watching your film. Uh, you're one of the most versatile defensive linemen I've studied to this point in the draft. And you move across all four positions almost seamlessly. And um the the first clip i want to show is you absolutely blowing apart two linemen for a tackle for loss oh yeah so kind of walk us walk us through right here of how how i i can't ever have that type of strength in my body i'm a small man and i understand that but how does the strength mix with the technique right there to absolutely blow past two D1 offensive linemen to make that tackle for loss? Man, um, it was a – well, so our coaches called a call where basically I um, was lined up real heavy on that guard, and I knew I knew um, that I could possibly get a double change just by the formation. So – I knew that I was going to come off low and, and, you know, hard. So when I came off, um, I just came off very fast. And he, he he basically pulled and I got behind it and, you know, it made the tackle for the loss. So it was just. It's, it's crazy how big you are, how athletic you are, and how quickly you get into a backfield. It's, it's astounding to me. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate it, man. Uh, going into the second one here, uh, and this is another one where, you know, it shows your versatility. You're setting the edge as that edge defender, uh, but you're willing to run him down that line of scrimmage, continue to set the edge. You get knocked down in the process, get up and still make a tackle for loss. Yeah, it, it's crazy because you can't even see it in that video, but it was pouring rain outside, so I really slid in the rain. But, um, you know, it's just that we, you know, um, we, I, I moved back to defensive end and we prepared and I – I was lined up against the tight ends all day, so you know I wasn't gonna just let no tight end block me. You know that's just the mindset of mentality that we had. So that's really what happened right there. Blue tried to block, uh, beat him on, beat him, and and the ball came my way. So I tried to disengage and make a play. So you know you you said it a little bit there. Do you take tight ends blocking as a little bit of a disrespect from the offense? <laughs> yeah, sir. Every you know you have to. You can't. You can't. Like as a D lineman, you you, you shouldn't. Have, uh, allow a tight end to block you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great game. Uh, <laughs> going into the third clip here. Uh, this is going to be two clips for me and a little bit of showcasing your explosion here. So uh, the first one, obviously a big tackle for loss. Uh, same thing on the uh, second one, but it's almost immediate you being in the backfield. And that's, you know, as, a 275-pound team being, that's, that's the athleticism. I, I can't fathom it. Uh, but kind of walk us through some of these clips and what allowed you to be so immediate in the backfield. Yeah, um, so – oh, yeah, but, you know, um, 
you know, some of them, it's it just, you know, it's just a natural thing, you know, when you just playing, just going out there and playing and having fun. And then, you know, others is like, you know, just trying to make plays, like as in on that third down against UCF, you know, uh, I, I had stayed on this edge the whole time. So I knew, you know, it was just a mind game with the linemen. So I knew that, you know, taking the jab step and, and going back out, you know, would work or just, you know, just as in using that in my password toolbox, you know what I mean? And, and for them other players, you know, just going back inside, playing the three technique and just, just being a versatile player, you know. And some of it is um, the scheme, you know. Some of them is calls, like, you know, like where you got more freedom or understanding the defense that's going on, where you have more freedom to be able to, you know, rip and just jet up the uh, up the gap and try to cause, you know, di or disruption and things in that nature. So, you know, some of this scheme and then it's also understanding the defense, you know. And so when you understand the defense, it allows you to take chances or make plays or do things you know. Yeah, and trusting guys on the back end, you know, uh, back into your defense. It's, it's, it's insane to me, and I've, I've, I've echoed it several times, but your pass rush package, as, a, as big of a guy as you are, the athleticism is astronomical. It's through the roof. I, I can't say enough good things about how well versed you are as a defensive lineman. Yeah, man. So, you know, I um, like I said, I started off playing three technique uh at, at Cincinnati. You know, and we changed our defense mid season last uh, in 2019 against UCL to a three three five. So I, that's what originally made me go back to playing edge uh edge rush as well. But um, you know, on the third downs, you know, we just I pretty much like to get in an even formation and get on the wide three technique. You know, I know I got speed, so I'm gonna try to you know I'm gonna make a guard. You know respect my my speed on the edge and if they you know once they start respecting i'm gonna go inside on them or even on the edge you know it just i, I was real appreciative of of being able to play so many different roles on that defense you know because it just showed my versatility my versatility you know what i mean and it just it, it really like helped me get to where, where i am today so i really appreciate that man and just being that, having that opportunity. you know going back to uh the clip there's not many defensive tackles, you know, being a three tech that are going to blow up a screenplay. And then on top of that, showing the next clip, it is you're there's not many that are going to have this versatility to hit a stunt from the edge and push a quarterback in for a sack. So kind of walk us through how you take that approach. Okay. So, um, um, so the way I took that approach was, you know, it's crazy because it was very, it was very much on like watching film, you know, um, as in for the screen, uh, we had a certain call which could have been in the scheme, but you know, it basically is to the where it allows you to bull rush the guard, and by me bull rushing that guard, I felt them release. So when I felt them release, I automatically knew it was a screen. So I just retraced and you know just used my athleticism to try to catch that receiver, or you know whoever had that ball at the time. And um, for that sack, you know, it was a game that was called, um, you know, with with my guy, with the guy 43, Michael Pitts. And he basically was the one who opened that up for me. So by him doing what he did, it allowed me to get through there clean like I did and make a play. So it was more the, you know, a team thing. It's, you know, my teammate helped me be, be able to do that. So you helped know, me be great. Yeah, sir. Absolutely. Uh, but. That is all we have as far as questions and film are concerned. 
Elijah, this is your time to plug whatever it is that you want for your audience, your fans across the nation. Um, this is your floor. Oh man, well, I appreciate y'all having me, man. I really enjoyed this. Um, this was amazing, amazing interview. It was probably about the best one I've had so far, man, for real. And you know, for anybody, any fans that's out there, you know, just you know, in these next couple months, you're gonna see something special. You know, just like somebody who is a hard worker, man. Just you know, relentless. You know, a play hard type guy. You know, that's gonna get to that quarterback or whatever I gotta do. You know, a guy that cares more about team success than individual success. So. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I want to end today with a quote from Damon Talbot of NFL Draft Diamonds. Uh, Sometimes scouts get it wrong. Many high school recruiting sites got it wrong with Elijah Ponder. Hopefully they can admit that now he is one of the best defensive tackles in the country. Ponder is a big boy at 6'3 and 275 pounds with a high motor he does a great job getting after the quarterback. Overall, I think this kid is a draft pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Elijah Ponder, thank you for being here, sir. Thank you for having me, man.